You're listening to the Simon Barnett and James Daniels Afternoons podcast from Newstalk ZB. Christopher Luxon was born in Christchurch but grew up in Howick, East Auckland before studying commerce at the University of Canterbury. He worked for Unilever, rising through the ranks to become CEO of Unilever Canada. He, of course, became CEO of Air New Zealand after that before leaving business for politics, winning the seat of botany in East Auckland in 2019. Often touted as a potential National Party leader during a turbulent time for the party, Luxon won the leadership unopposed in November 2021 and is now vying to be our next Prime Minister. A great pleasure to welcome Christopher Luxon on for Six and a Song Election Edition. G'day Chris. Kia ora. Kia ora guys, good to be with you. Thank you very much. Look, uh, I, I need to say this, this part of our programme Six and a Song Election Edition is all about the person, in this case, who happens to be a politician and we go behind the scenes so to speak, so therefore this is not a time for, or a platform, for promoting policies. We, we well, know you. what you're doing already well, thank and you. it's I going well. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. That's Good. great. I thought you would. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not nor for criticising the current, current government because yeah. on current polling you're leading the next one. So uh, this is a slogan-free session and we'll shut down and any type of talk Good. like that. Kate Depay? Katie Pie. Kate Depay. Kate Depay. Oh, cool. Okay, so we'll start with mates of mine are old Altiora Peto people, former pupils at Christchurch Boys High School. And I'm very proud that you're an alumni. Uh, when did you go there and what's your favourite memory? Yeah, look, I mean, I was born in Bishopdale, Christchurch, and then uh, Dad was a sales rep for Johnson & Johnson, so we moved up to oh, Auckland nice. for a bit. We smelled terrific as we were lathered in J&J <laughs> talcum powder and baby lotion and I even used baby shampoo, believe it or not. Uh, and, then, um, and then when I was 15, we moved back to Christchurch, and so that's when I went to Boys High for the 5th, 6th and 7th form and absolutely loved it. And it was great, really, because I arrived late and I was put in, they had streamed classes. And I was put into a, a class that um, was, was more academically challenged. Uh, and then I was put into a, an accelerated class the following year. So by the time I got to the seventh form, I sort of knew everybody and, and really enjoyed it. And then I went on to university in Canterbury after that. Who was your best mate at Boys Eye? Oh, I had quite a few, actually. Uh, a guy called Anthony Honeybone and another guy called John Bates. They were good, really, really good, good guys. Of course, many people in Christchurch will know them because there's only one degree of separation in I'm that sure, city. I'm sure, yeah, there, is. Right. I'm sure yeah. there is. I'm sure there is, yeah. Hey, uh, we know that you worked for Unilever following in the footsteps almost of your father and famously in New Zealand, but what part-time jobs did you do when you were studying at the University of Canterbury? Well, I had been at McDonald's in Merivale when they first came to town. Uh, must have been, what was it, mid-80s, late 80s? Yes. And uh, that was a big job because I sort of worked there for a few years at high school. And then when I went to university, I worked as a porter concierge at the old Park Royal Hotel. And I did that over my four years of study. And it was obviously, the I think, one of the best jobs I ever had because I got to, as an extrovert, stand in the lobby in my green tunic and talk to visitors from overseas (laughs) and plan trips around the South Island. Then I got to drive nice cars. Uh, down the Kilmore Road ramp and occasionally I'd take them for a bit of a spin around the block and put them in the bottom of the car park. But um, for a 19-year-old to be uh, doing that was fantastic. So I loved it. Was, it, loved it. was it you that threw me out of the first edition bar that night? <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been me. No, uh, If I did, I would have done it with a smile, I'm sure. Highly possible, actually, Chris, I think. So this campaign, campaign, and I know you've said many times that you're really enjoying it and you're an extrovert, but this campaign has been more adversarial. A lot of people have said that, Chris. Have you had frustrations or sadness on the campaign trail just with some of that divisiveness? Yeah, look, I think it's frustrating because um, I appreciate the country's you know, tired and frustrated and you know, feels we're heading in the wrong direction and all that, uh, which we want to change. But I do think it has become quite personal, quite attacking, quite negative. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's not good for our politics, really. I mean, I've, I've looked around the world and 
lived around the world and you see countries that are quite um, divide, divided actually and it's very hard when everyone goes to their corners to actually bring that back together again. And the great strength we have in New Zealand is that we should be able to disagree without being disagreeable, as my grandmother used to say, you know, because mm. um, we should be able to debate the ideas, not not attack the person. What do you think are misconceptions that voters who, who may be more aligned with Labour or the Green Party have about you? Look, I think um, you know, people know my story as being CEO of New Zealand, uh, but the reality is I'm a kid who had a regular Kiwi upbringing. I had parents who had left school at 15 and 16 and had us young, and I'm the oldest of three boys, and had amazing parents. They're incredible. Um, but I, they also encouraged me to go to university. I was the first in my family ever to do that. And I sort of felt that you know education got me from one place to another place uh, really well. And so I feel like I've, you know, that, 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 whereas I think people don't really know my backstory or where I came from, or you know, they, they see me as this former CEO of New Zealand. And uh, but you know, it's, you know, that's my that's my background and that's my story, and I'm proud about it. What did your parents call you, Christopher or Chris? Um, actually, both. And mum would call me Christopher uh, for sure. And actually, probably probably mum and dad call me more Christopher. Um, uh, my brother's definitely Chris, and um, you know, media and other people give me a lot worse names. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of family, uh, can you just uh, fill us in on your family? We all know about uh, John Keys, Steffi, and Max. Um, yeah. What's your family made up of? Well, we've got a son and a daughter, uh, William and Olivia, and they're twenty four and twenty two, coming at twenty one. Um, and you know, they're just—it's a great stage of life. We're in that emerging empty nester phase where. You know, we've had the kids around us all the time and we've done, as a family unit, we're a really tight unit because, you know, Amanda and I left New Zealand at, you know, probably 25, 24, 25 and ended up, you know, being overseas for a long time. We had our kids born overseas and so the, the unit, we had to be a very tight unit. We had big extreme jobs and, uh, you know, we're really close and each phase of, of, of childhood and parenting has been really fun uh, but we're in a different phase now where we really are 24-7 consultants, but actually they're free to do their own thing and um, we don't actually always have to be the parents because they can make their own independent decisions. So mm. yeah, if you've done your job right, um, they're quite emotionally attached to you and um, we're very close. Lovely. How do they feel about you doing this job or do you try and, and protect them as much as possible? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I want them to be able to carry on their lives and not have their life defined by what their dad does. And I think coming to politics now with them being more independent is a good thing. And honestly, we don't talk about politics and they're not following what I'm doing daily and I want them to be able to carry on their life, Amanda and the kids. Uh, Amanda's great. She can attach um, into it when she needs to but also gets mm. to carry on her, her world as well because I'm the elected official and, and I'm the person that is you know doing this job but their, their life shouldn't be defined by it all either. Mm. What do you prefer to be called, by the way, Chris or Christopher? I really don't care. Um, right. I, it really doesn't because I've been called both all my life. So it's sort yeah. of, um, you know, it's I just respond to anything. And I refer to myself and, and both as well. Okay. Hey, just um, one thing. You you probably know that I'm a Maori, right? Uh, I'm not fluent in te reo Maori, yeah. but I know that you've been taking lessons. Um, I don't expect that you'd be conversational yet, but do you understand the likes of Kate Bear here queer? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I just I just say to you, JD, I found it really hard. I don't know how you've found yeah. it learning as well, but um, it's one of the things I wish I had been able to learn, but it wasn't taught in, in my generation no. coming through schooling. Uh, we do have a real problem about not having enough Pareo teachers, to be honest. Um, but Amanda, she went off and did a course through Polytechnic because um, she wanted to do it as well. I've wanted to do it for a long time, but I find it really hard. Um, at the moment, I've had to suspend my lessons, um, but... Um, yeah, just busy. I wish I. It's a lot going on. But I think it is quite a bit. I think it is quite hard to learn when you're older. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
when you when you've been you know English pronunciation doesn't always translate to Maori pronunciation and all that. So yeah, I've got to keep looking at it. The key to it is the vowel sounds are all very consistent, R, E, E, or U, and you can use the mnemonic, are there three or two? Are there three or two? And then also rolling the R, and you can roll the R if you say the word cordial, like the drink, cordial, that's the same R, rolled R sound. There you go, a lesson in te reo Māori. Something I need to take on as well, Chris, absolutely. How How did you learn, JD? Did you learn later on as well? Oh, no, my mother was, uh, that was her first language, and oh, she taught okay. uh, She home. taught the language. So you did yeah. grow up. Well, I heard it, but I didn't, I'm of a slightly older generation than you, and uh, we didn't have it at school. We didn't even, I didn't, I'd never heard of the Treaty of Waitangi until I was a, a young adult. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I just, we, we weren't. Um, we weren't encouraged to learn to the Māori right. back in the 60s and 70s. That's yeah. the issue. Uh, whereas I've got a daughter who's or a number of mokopuna too who yeah. are very fluent yeah, in the real. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, the question I know you love getting, Chris, uh, New Zealand first, that must worry you. It must keep you up at night. Well, as I keep saying, it's not my... Uh, strong preference and so I prefer not to work with New Zealand first but my message is that if I'm forced to because that's the vote the numbers that the you know the public put up on election night I will at least make the telephone call but you know New Zealand first hasn't worked with the National Party in 27 years and we all remember 2017 and I just say to, to New Zealanders listening you know that actually I want them to deliver a strong party vote to national so that we can actually get strong stable government on the other side. And we'll let you away with that one because that's a fair <laughs> comment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, could you just make our, our colleague Jack Tame one promise that you won't give Winston the broadcasting portfolio? <laughs> you know what we mean? Yes, I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> our guest on Six in a Song Election Edition is Christopher Luxon, a leader of the National Party and uh, possibly the Prime Minister very, very soon. We've got some quick-fire questions for you right now, Chris. What is the best thing this government has done in the last three years, Chris? Uh, I like the apprenticeship policy that they've put out there, and I'm going to keep it because it works and it's good. Good stuff. What's the worst thing? Um, Failing our kids on education, I think. Mm. And and, sorry, the other thing I'll just say is the economic mismanagement that's caused inflation to get out of control and people doing it tough. Mm. Just just on there, what are you hearing most from Kiwis on the ground? Is it about the cost of living? Number one issue, head and shoulders above every other issue in the country. One in two of us are now worried about money on a daily basis. So that is without doubt the biggest concern. You know, And when you get into the food banks and you see people with good jobs and average incomes there in record numbers, you meet fat parents who actually are skipping meals so they can get food for their kids. You know, this is tough, really tough. But hang on, help is on its way. Um, hey, right. if you had to host any one MP from a party on the other side of the house for dinner, who would that be? Um, probably Barbara Edmonds from the Labour Party. Right. right. Mm. Oh, interesting. What, what about Barbara? Have you known her in a past life? No, no, I've just, she came in in 2020 as I did as well, and I just admire, I, I just think she's very professional. Yep. Yeah. Nice answer. If you could get one policy across the line after the election, what would it be? Uh, I'd really love to get education up and running and get that hour of maths, reading and writing to our kids um, in primary and intermediate because I think that would make all the difference to their future. Okay. And the biggest challenge facing this country? Uh, is actually how we grow our economy to reduce the cost of living so we can actually invest in the public services like health and education we want. Yeah, good stuff. Very nice. Well, some good numbers in the uh, most recent poll overnight. So, uh, good luck with that, and good luck with Winston. Um, well, let's hope this... we don't. We're not going to. That's not my preferred option, as you know. I hope I don't have to work with them, but uh, it's up to the New Zealand people now to vote the way they want to vote. 
Well, okay. And now it's up to you to tell us the song that you've chosen for Six in a Song and why. Um, this is a, a a country music guy called Walker Hayes, and I think the song I've given you is Fancy Like, uh, and it's a, talking about um, going on date night with his with his wife. Oh, lovely. Very Thank nice. you very much. <laughs> Our guest on Six in a Song Election Edition this week has been Christopher Luxon. Thank you very much for your time. We know you're really busy. Get back out there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All the best. Thanks, Kia Chris. For more from Simon Barnett and James Daniels Afternoons, listen live to News Talk ZB or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.